apart from the funding that was available with the AAT, I didn't find the qualification as daunting as I think I would have done with some of the chartered accountancy qualifications. Plus, you get exemptions if you want to carry on studying to a higher level. So you've got the credibility, you've got the qualification. You don't have to wait until you've finished ACCA or Seymour or whichever accountancy body you choose. So you get a bit of, of a head start on that. You're listening to the Bookkeepers podcast sponsored by Go Proposal by Sage. I've been a student of value pricing for many years now. Understanding pricing has helped me to transform our firm's results and build a firm that can run without me. A key tool we use for pricing in our firm is Go Proposal. It allows us to build the price in person with the prospect and send out a proposal and engagement letter immediately, which has saved us hours from how we used to do it before. Not only that, but being able to create a standardized pricing system within the software means everyone on my team can use it freeing me up from being the bottleneck. If you're not using it already, I highly recommend you check it out. Just head to goproposal.com forward slash sign up for your free trial. Now over to the latest episode of the Bookkeepers Podcast. Hi and welcome to the Bookkeepers Podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman. I'm here with Joe Wood and we're joined by a panel of uh, guests today. We're joined by Jonathan Stocks and Phoebe Muckian from the AAT and Libby Walklet from the Ethical Bookkeeper and we're going to talk about um, licenses, qualifications with the AAT and uh, really just sort of deep dive into some of your questions. If you've got questions about um, being an AAT member or practice licenses, um, we're really here to take those. Um, we're also really excited to announce that we've got a partnership which we're working on behind the scenes where we're going to be working more closely with the AAT and supporting bookkeepers in practice as well. So we'll get to that a bit later as well. Um, first of all, though, thanks everyone for being here. Thanks everyone who's joining live. Um, I wonder maybe what we could do is just start with a little um, a little intro into what everybody does. So Jonathan, we've had lots of conversations. I wonder if you can start yeah. by telling us a little bit about your role at the AAT and what you do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having us on the podcast. Um, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant to be here. Um, so my role at AAT is basically all about membership. So I'm product manager for membership. Um, and essentially what that involves is ultimately making sure that um, our 50,000 uh, professional members, which are made up of accountants and bookkeepers, um, all uh, get the value out of out of being a member. So ensuring that um, everything we offer them in terms of products, services, and that overall proposition is as relevant and compelling uh, as it possibly can be. Amazing, thank you. And Phoebe, what, what's your role? So I'm a senior customer operations advisor with AAT. So I primarily um, deal with our licensed members, so uh, members like Libby. Uh, so that's right from the start of, you know, when you apply to be a licensed member with AAT, right through to people who are renewing each year, um, helping people, you know, get their applications over the line and then just supporting with any queries that they may have uh, during their lifetime with AAT and uh, helping them renew each year and just giving them any support uh, for anything that they might need from us. Lovely, thank you. And I think you'll probably have lots of questions from people who are watching today and um, feel free to ask questions if you've got any, because we always love to make these really interactive sessions. Um, Libby, so Libby is a close friend of the Six Figure Bookkeeper. We always bump into Libby at events and she's been really supportive of everything that we do. She's also one of our ambassadors. So she kind of gives us like feedback from what's happening on the ground, being in practice so that we can do the best that we do as well here at the Six Figure Bookkeeper. Libby, 
tell maybe you could tell us a little bit about your journey to building your practice and how the AAT has supported you and been part of that. I haven't got you got Zoe. <laughs> um, so uh, well, it ha yeah, it has very much been a journey for me. So I'm quite open and honest um, about what I've been through. Um, so just to give you a bit of um, background info, then I had a very good uh, full time job where I was an accounts assistant thrown in at the deep end, had three months to pick up everything with quite a large company before the group accountant was on maternity leave. So I actually covered two lots of maternity leave um, for her. And um, it was a really good job. I was really happy. Um, I learned loads. It was a stretch, but uh, it was great. And then I was with them for seven years and um, my family had to relocate. Uh, at, and at that point, I was um, a mum of two very small children and I was a carer of my dad who had dementia and my mum's disabled. Um, so I had quite a lot on my plate anyway, helping to care for them. And uh, so moved, didn't know anybody, um, had lived in the same area for my entire life. So I felt quite isolated. Um, I'd got no career. I'd got a house that needed a massive renovation, which I pretty much did on my own. I've got no income, got no formal accountancy qualifications. And I think my, com uh, my confidence and my self-belief absolutely plummeted. Um, I thought my career was over. Uh, I managed to, um, I, I did get some interviews, but I was being told all the time, you've got too much experience, you'll be bored. Um, or other jobs that I was looking to apply for. I'd got the experience, but I didn't have the formal accountancy qualifications. Um, so then 2010, uh, just before my dad passed away, my husband suggested that I take a degree. It took me a while to come around to the idea, but um, I went to an open evening at my local college and I was all ready to start this new journey. I managed to pluck up the courage to go. And they told me that the course wasn't going ahead because there wasn't enough interest. So they told me to speak to the AAT that were at the same event, but there wasn't any funding available and I couldn't afford it. So it was kind of back to the drawing board and my hubby suggested that I look at the Open University. Well, I was, I was able to get funding with them but because my confidence was still low and I didn't for one second believe that I was clever enough to um, to get a degree and I wasn't convinced that I had the motivation that I needed to self-study either. Um, it's been a long journey since then and to keep things a bit in context I started my first module in I think it was about September 2010 and my dad died in October 2010. And the first module that I started was uh, was called an introduction to accounting. It was a really basic one. It was worth 10 points. I'd get my books out. I'd put my books away. I'd get my books out. I'd put them away. I just could not get started on it. And I felt really daunted by the whole thing. And then I was, um, I, took, I was away with my family at Christmas, just for a few days away. And while I was away, I realized I'd got 10 days when I got back to finish the module or I would fail that module and I'd probably quit and then that would be it um, and when I got back I don't know what happened I just I found the motivation I got stuck into it I completed it in 10 days and I passed 
which was huge and was a really big motivator. Anyway, I, I, I carried on with the degree, which I would like to say I did eventually pass and I got a 2-1, which I'm very proud of, but I never thought I'd managed to do it. But anyway, two years into the degree, I had a, um, a phone call from a young girl at a recruitment agency. And she asked me what I'd been up to. And I told her about my dad. I told her about the degree. I told her um, how hard it was to juggle life and caring with studying and renovating a property, which I was still doing. And she wasn't interested, not at all. Uh, she told me everybody has a degree these days and that's not what employers were interested in and they were looking for accountancy qualifications like the AAT, like ACCA, like SEMA and it completely floored me, completely. In one sentence she managed to make me feel as if I'd just wasted two years of my life and it was horrible and I spoke to one of my open university lecturers and she reassured me that education is never wasted and she encouraged me to continue my journey and I'm very glad I did because it really was worth every bit of blood sweat and tears definitely but I think I knew deep down that if I wanted to carry on with my career that I really needed an accountancy qualification so I went back to looking at all of them again but I felt daunted by ACCA and SEMA and I, and I didn't think I was capable of studying those at the same time as I was taking my degree and there was no funding available either so obviously because I wasn't working money was still an issue at that point but the AAT had got funding available through the adult learner loan and and that was it that was the that was the moment that I thought, right, um, I can do this. I can get the funding. I can go to college. I can manage to do the AAT at the same time as I do my degree. So I applied for the funding and then I started my AAT um, at my local college. Um, and when I look back, it was such a great investment because what that gave me was much more practical, hands-on experience of bookkeeping and accountancy and what I really loved as well was the face-to-face -face classes I loved I loved learning and I loved supporting the other students there as well whenever I possibly could and I got just as much support from them as well so I've ended up staying friends with some of them which is just really lovely I just wouldn't be without them really um, and then when I was taking level four um, my tutor um, that I got on very well with suggested that I would make a great tutor and I thought she was winding me up really because I'd always sat behind a desk not stood in front of people being myself so I just thought she was absolutely mad and um, anyway she she found a job uh, at my local college which is Sirencester College and said why don't you apply and to cut a long story short I applied um, had to teach some second year A-level students how to do the payback period. And I had a panel interview and an hour after that, I had a phone call offering me a job teaching at college. And I taught there for uh, nearly two years altogether. Um, it probably wasn't what I wanted to do long-term. I loved it. Um, 
I've, I've really enjoyed doing it. It's really rewarding. It's hard work. It's very different, but uh, I wouldn't change what I did. It was fantastic. But so since then, I've gone back to um, working in finance and sitting behind a desk and eventually just decided that the flexibility that I needed to care for the rest of my family just wasn't available in most jobs. And that was what made me decide to set up my own practice. That, of course, comes with another whole set of problems because I'd never run a business before and I'd never worked in practice before. So I didn't really know where to start. Um, the AAT were great. I could get my license through them. You know, there was support, but they don't teach you how to run a business, uh, which was obviously where I found uh, you two. Um, and it's been the best thing I've ever done. Um, but uh, on the advice of an AAT friend who had told me several years before to do it and I hadn't um, I then went to a branch event and um, I wish I'd done that earlier <laughs> um, and um, somebody overheard a conversation I was having and offered me a part-time job in his practice um, it was a it was definitely an eye-opener there are vast differences between working in industry and practice um, I really liked it, but still, it was really good experience and I learned a lot, but I still wanted to set up my own business. Um, and I think also with running my own business, it's given me the opportunity to try things that um, I wouldn't have been able to. If I'd had a, a, a normal job, um, I wouldn't have been able to, to do the things that I've been able to do. So I've constantly, and I'm still doing it, pushed myself out of my comfort zone. Uh, I've joined my local committee, um, which has given me the opportunity to network, um, to make new friends and to attend loads of free CPD events. Um, obviously, one of the big things that I've done over the last year was become a trustee for the AAT. I had the phone call to say that I'd been successful on my 50th birthday last year, which was about the best 50th birthday present I had. Um, I've been to loads of accountancy shows. I've met the most remarkable network of people, well, friends through Six Figure Bookkeepers and I love them dearly and I'm utterly grateful for them every day of my life. Um, and now with the AAT and being a trustee, I've got the opportunity to give back and support the AAT, but also the accounting and bookkeeping industry through my experience. Um, I think apart from the funding um, that was available with the AAT, I didn't find the qualification as daunting as I think I would have done with some of the chartered accountancy qualifications. Um, plus you get um, exemptions if you want to carry on studying to a higher level. So you've got the credibility, you've got the qualification, you don't have to wait until you've finished ACCA or SEMA or whichever accountancy body you choose. To have to be an accountant you already are an accountant so then you've got the exemptions probably from level from the first level of studying so you get a bit of a of, of a head start on that so mm -hmm. i've really got some credibility from the aat um and it is it's a well-respected qualification it's a recognized one at that um and and i found studying relatively easy to fit in around my other commitments and if you choose the right training provider 
um, the support can be invaluable and believe me, you will need it. Oh, Olivia, thank you. thank you so much for sharing that. It's really lovely to hear your story and um, just hear, on, hear about that journey you've been on because there'll be people who are listening to this now who can resonate with different parts of that, with like, how, you know, the pressure to choose the right qualification for you, feeling a little bit daunted by some of the professional bodies and actually, is this going to help me to do the thing I want to do? And then those pivots that we've all taken in our careers and the different things we've explored. And um, I just, yeah, thank you so much for telling us all about that. And I think we're all sat here thinking, oh, you know, go Libby. And I love that you talk about the friendships that you've made as well, because that's a really important part. You know, you want to be doing something that you love with people that you love. So you are living that and I love it. Um, Jonathan and Phoebe, a lot of the, there are lots of things that Libby's said, which have just got me thinking about like, how do you see this on the other side from the AAT? So can you tell me a little bit about what journey someone would go on if they wanted to become a bookkeeper in practice or an accountant? And I think this is also something where sometimes we don't understand. Um, Joe and I have sort of spoken about this when you're at AAT qualified, do you call yourself a bookkeeper or an accounting technician? Do you call yourself an accountant? When does that change? And what journey should they expect to go on with the training and exams um, through to getting a practice license? What's what's actually involved? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm happy to uh, yeah kick kick this one off, uh, and and Phoebe do um, do add in. Um, so. I mean, I suppose back to basics on sort of like membership and licenses and and, and that journey. So um, we offer a, a bookkeeping membership for those that complete their studies up to level three. Um, so once you've completed level three, you're then eligible to apply for um, AAT bookkeeping membership, which then essentially says that you're a qualified bookkeeper and you can get the designation after your name of AATQB. So AAT qualified bookkeeper and uh this has really been a growing audience for us over the last um over the last five years or so since we introduced it um and i think i think that really as well reflects the demand for bookkeeping services more generally that's growing and is expected to grow over the next five years or so um notwithstanding um what happens with making tax digital um, and, and everything like that um uh, so you you can um, take the qualification and at level three you can um, uh, apply to become a member um, and get AATQB after your name. Whilst you have that and you can be working as a as, as a bookkeeper, um, you may also wish to study uh, beyond that and do level four with AAT. Um, and then once you complete level four, as Libby has done. Um, then you can apply for uh, what we call full membership, um, where you get the designation member of AAT after your name, which is Matt M-A-A-T. Um, it's, I, I suppose the important thing to note is that you need either one of those memberships in order then to um, start setting up on your own. Um, to offer your own accountancy or bookkeeping services to the public. So if you have got AATQB membership, then um, you will be eligible to go through that application process to uh, run your own small uh, bookkeeping practice. Um, and we license uh, up to about 18 different services um, that you could offer within your practice from you know, VAT, tax, um, payroll, etc., um, and, and and bookkeeping will cover 
some of those uh, service areas. If you've got um, the MAT membership uh, at level four, then you can then apply to um, either have bookkeeping, offer bookkeeping services or uh, the additional accountancy services as well. But you need one of those two professional memberships in order then to start going through the application process in which there are other things that you will have to um, uh, demonstrate through the application process, uh, a few other bits and pieces and some experience, um, practice experience as well. Um, but essentially that is the uh, the journey that, that somebody, somebody would go through. Um, Phoebe, do you, do you want to just touch upon in a bit more detail some of that, um, those additional um, uh, areas on the application? Um, yes. So um, I suppose, uh, as John said, um, if you are looking to become a bookkeeper, you would have level three uh, AATQB membership. Um, and uh, it's the same form, the same application form. Um, Bookkeepers can offer up to five services. So that's uh, value-added tax, um, financial accounts and accounts preparation for sale traders and partnerships, um, payroll, computerized accountancy systems, and bookkeeping. And then obviously the um, accounting uh, services go up to kind of there's a, a full 18 services. In addition, they can also offer the bookkeeping services in addition. So um, the application form, we've actually made... Uh, as I was saying to Libby last week, some kind of uh, big changes to the application form kind of based on feedback we had uh, from mem from existing members and people who had looked at the application form. So um, we've tried to make it as kind of simple, as straightforward as possible. Um, and I suppose the key area that I, I think a lot of people probably are wondering about and asking about is work experience. So we used to have sections for anyone who has maybe gone through the forum and as Libby has gone through where we would say, please tell us your work experience for this area. Please, you know, put your dates down, your company down, etc. So based on feedback, we've actually now come up with, um, so under each services, so under, you know, payroll, for example, we've kind of four or five points of essential work experience that we'd expect to see. And it's now a tick box. So that experience, you know, can be gained, you know, if you've worked um, as an, you know, as, you know, an employee, but also, um, as I was saying to Libby, I know maybe there's some confusion about the work experience. You know, if you're someone who's worked in an accounts department, you know, within a non-accounting firm, that counts as experience. If you've run pay, you know, if you've run payroll for a company, that's ex that's experience. So we're just looking. We we've set these kind of four or five points for each uh, each service. And as long as you say that you're comfortable and confident that you know that you've that experience and you can tick that box, that's what we're looking to see. And that was just based on feedback that people were saying. You know, they maybe were finding it hard to articulate the work experience they'd had. They they would say they knew how to do payroll, but maybe they weren't exactly sure you know, how to write it to make sure that it was something that we, you know, that we were looking for. So we've tried to, you know, make that kind of as simple as possible uh, for people who are applying. So I would say, you know, with the work experience, you know, please don't think you've had to work an account, you know, necessarily in an accounting firm or a bookkeeping firm. You know, if you have that experience, you know, through any type of firm, you know, uh, and, and if you're not sure, please, you know, you can give us an email or a call. We can talk you through it as well so um yeah and i think that's kind of a, a really good key message is that you know 
I suppose, you know, when you're considering starting up your own practice, it can obviously be very daunting, uh, as, as Libby's mentioned. And um, we do have um, a Be Your Own Boss Guide on the website, which is quite extensive, uh, which appreciate that then might make it seem even more daunting. But um, it's certainly got all the relevant steps, steps there. And we are continuing to look at the application process and, uh, you know, it's, it's always a balance. It's always a balance. Obviously, we need certain information. We've got, um, you know, um, looking at the AT brand and protecting AT brand, ensuring that, you know, the licenses we, we give out, uh, we've got all the information to, to make that uh, 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 decision. Um, but as, as Phoebe said, um, we are always open to a call and to discuss it in more detail. So don't ever think that, um, you know, uh, or if you get stuck at, at the application stage or, or, or whatever, um, you just think, oh, it, it can't be done. Please do give us a, a call to chat through because sometimes it isn't always um, as black and white as, as what it may seem. So I think that's kind of a key message uh, to uh, to get across. And um, yeah, if, if you're listening and at the stage of your journey where you are considering starting a practice, then um, do have a look out for that Be Your Own Boss Guide, um, which gives all the detail about what you might need to, to look at, um, when is the right time to start to start thinking about it. Um, I saw on the uh, Facebook community uh, yesterday a, a couple of questions around studying level three and thinking about starting your own practice when when should i do this when should i actually um uh you know register a company name and, and things like that so all of that stuff is is covered uh in that guidance so it sounds like aat have been on a bit of a journey and are growing with the times because my experience with aat through my career has been it's been a place to become a part qualified on the on the way to being like an employee in an accountancy practice you know as a trainee you you went and did AAT and my my journey with AAT has been a bit strange because I actually already had a practice license not with AAT but I had a practice license but I really wanted the qualification so I decided to do the qualification just after my third child was born but you know what Libby I know what you mean because what it meant was going to a classroom and getting hot coffee being with other people and leaving the three children at home and it was my escapism I absolutely loved studying the qualification and I know I remember the person I actually came on as an apprentice an over 25s apprentice and she looked at me she was like I was sitting there heavily pregnant signing the documents. She was like, are you sure you want to do this? I was like, hot coffee, learning about accountancy, out of the house. Yes, I want to do this. Um, and so I got my level four qualification in 2014. But it was such, it's such an amazing, but back then, like you say, this is kind of a new thing, the whole qualified bookkeeper. And when we first had our conversation, John, we was all a bit confused. So we really wanted to explain that this is a new thing and you can get a practice license at level three with the AAT. And I think it's, it's so exciting. And I love the fact you've got this whole area about being your own boss and everything like that, because it sounds like AAT has realized it's not just for your employed future accountants that are doing it on their way to their, you know, chartered. Um, when like, is this just been something that your the community have been telling you? Or is it, do you think this is partly a bit of COVID, a bit of like, the digital cloud era it's, it seems like it's changed a lot well yeah i mean it's yeah it's a good question um uh, predominantly i mean our audience our membership audience base has been always been fairly split 
to be honest. Um, it used to be pretty much 30, 30, 30 practice, industry, public sector, and then 10% on um, charity, not for profit. Um, that's sort of uh, shifted slightly, but um, certainly around 35% now work in, work in practice. Um, and um, I mentioned that bookkeeping was a growing audience for us and um, uh, members running their own practice is a growing audience for us as well. So two um, areas really showing, showing growth and demand. And I, absolutely, I think COVID probably uh, had an influence on that. Um, you know, uh, uh, people changing behavior, thinking about their careers, thinking about their jobs, um, and as well, the value of, uh, I guess, you know, bookkeeping and accountants um, increased a bit because they were, you know, the was it the fourth emergency service, weren't they, during uh, during that time? So maybe that's had an impact as well. But AAT has been on a journey certainly for the last um, couple of years, and um, it's exciting times ahead. Um, we've got people like Libby on on the council, and um, she's been involved in helping to uh, develop our our new strategy, which we launched uh, a couple of months ago, which is all about, um, uh, it's all about securing future relevance. Um, it's our strategy towards 2030. And, you know, it's, it's really sort of, when you look at the backbone of our sort of mission and why we exist, and a lot of it is, is really akin to what Libby was saying. And, you know, what we want to do is ensure that as many people as possible can experience the opportunities in a finance related career um, and and giving that opportunity to as many people as possible um, uh, th that you know might come from all different backgrounds um, all different stages in, in, you know in their in their career whether that's leaving college university or career changes um, and our new business strategy really focuses on shaping that future for bookkeepers and accountants um, and ensuring that we are equipping that community of 50,000 with the real world skills for today's businesses. Um, so really trying to pull that out. And then um, it's available online for anybody that um, wants to um, download uh, a copy of the strategy. And when you get more into the detail, it, it talks about three core themes of ensuring relevancy, um, increasing professional standards and building responsible business. Um, but I guess most importantly, how that community of 50,000 sits really at the heart of everything we do. And we are there to support them at whatever stage of the, the journey they're on, whether they are considering starting um, a career in finance, whether they're progressing through one of our qualifications, whether they're then jumping over to become a, a fully qualified professional member, mm -hmm. if they're then going to start their own practice, if they're then giving something back like Libby's doing and they're joining council or they're chairing a local um, branch, um, or they then become president. Um, so at every stage to help them really thrive in their career and get to where they want to be, you know. Um, so we've got that new strategy, which, which is really exciting. And then within that is, is um, you know, some of the focus areas around what we're trying to do with within membership and, and, and bookkeepers um, as well. So, you know, um, we really recognise the need that, uh, to serve our membership 
types in different ways. So mm. bookkeepers might need something different to accountants. And then you can chop that up even further. What somebody needs sectorially or at a different stage in their career. So we really recognize that. And we have been doing a lot of research and insight recently and chatting to bookkeepers about how we can develop that value and improve things going forward. Um, mm. And um, Zoe, you mentioned earlier about um, the uh, partnership and that's obviously one of the immediate things we're doing. Um, so we've been chatting over the last few months about um, how we can really bring the, the bookkeeping community more prominence and bring more value in the skills that they've got. And um, we have similar ambitions. Um, and so we thought, why don't we, we work together for, for the benefit of all. So it's, it's, yeah, it's really exciting to kind of, I guess, more formally announce today that, you know, we have a partnership and we will be working together a lot more closely going forward to um, deliver products, services um, and support to um, as many bookkeepers um, as we can. So, yeah, we're really excited about that as well. And, I th and yeah, we're very aligned whenever we're talking. We're like, that's exactly what we think. So um, it's going to I think it's going to be really helpful to everyone in this community. And, and I'm seeing like questions being asked, just thinking about we've been talking about how having your own business gives you freedom and choices and how perhaps that's come about more because of the last couple of years, you know, we've all reassessed what do we, what do we want from life? What do we want from work? What do we want it to look like? Um, and I'd love to come back, if it's okay, I want to come back to the experience part of things because this comes up a lot in our group and we really want to help people through this because there is this real barrier to being able to start a business, get the practice license because you don't necessarily have that experience. So there are a lot of people in our community who are career changers or who are, quietly listening to this podcast maybe you're one of those people and you are listening along and you're at work and you're thinking I want to go and do my own thing but I don't know how to get the experience that's relevant to be able to tick those boxes um you know I haven't got that I'm not even in the right industry I'm thinking of you know we've got like Louise who was a nurse who became a, a, a bookkeeper we've got Dave who has a, who, a driving school who became a bookkeeper so there are lots of people that we know well who have changed careers so I'm thinking for those people or for people who maybe started the AAT qualifications years and years ago, and I'm guessing the syllabus has changed since, and they maybe can't remember, can't find any of the details or anything, and they're thinking, oh, you know, I wish I'd finished that, but I just had one exam to do, and I just never quite got across the line with that. What would you say to those people who, first of all, how can you get experience if you can't get a job right now, because it's a difficult market, or your circumstances mean you're not, a I don't know, not able to, be employed I don't I don't know is there a way into getting a practice license where you can volunteer or you know what generally do you say to people in that situation um, and also what should you do if you started training a long time ago and you thought I just I just don't even know where to start like is it all out of date do I have to start again that might be for you Phoebe yes um so I'll address the um I started my exams you know several years ago kind of part first so um, the first thing I would always say, I it, probably sound like a broken record, is is it is always usually best to give us a call or an email because it may be that your exams, you know, that we can still accept them or, you know, that we can look at, you know, rather than saying, well, you'd have to do level four or level three, depending what you want to do all over again. 
you know, there may be some kind of, uh, you know, that you may need to do one more assessment, etc. Or we can, you know, we can see if we can still accept if they are still within a, in a time frame. So obviously it is on a kind of case by case basis. I would always say, you know, pick up the phone, give us a call. Um, we are, as John has kind of said, that's one big thing with our with our strategy is that we are looking into because we do get those kind of queries from people saying I started you know life changed for me you know different circumstances I'm ready to come back how can I so we are you know having conversations about how you know we're always trying to see how we can um, open it up rather than you know close close it off while you know maintaining that balance while making sure that you know the AAT name, the designatory letters as well for existing members, you know, really stand for something and people can be, you know, sure that people with AAT designatory letters are, you know, top quality. Um, so, you know, it, it, it may be the case that we may have to say, well, actually you would need to do level three or level four again, depending on, uh, depending on where you are. Um, there's also, you know, I think as well, um, and there's, you know, if you've show notes, maybe at the end, we can drop some of the links in. There's kind of a wealth of information on our website where we say, you know, it may be that you've had a, you know, a membership with another body that we'll, you know, that we'll accept, you know, if you want to, you know, start studying or, you know, apply for um, a license with us. So it's, you know, or that you've, you know, you could potentially have done a degree from a partner university and may not even, you know, may not even realize. So we do have alternative routes. Uh, that aren't that you know you don't just have had to come through AAT qualifications so um, I would always say yeah give us an email you know we might say can you send us some transcripts etc but you know we will always try to look and see if there's a path you know that we can help you uh, on to uh, to join us oh that's that is music to my ears it's the it's the like just there is a human at the end of the line just call and have a chat and I think that's what we need yeah. to know a lot of the time isn't it like it's it's okay. Mm. And yeah, I, I think but... it's, um, uh, sorry, Phoebe. I, I, no, I, 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 I think it's, you know, um, yeah, I, what we're, we're always trying to strive for is to remove barriers rather than put put them in the way. And obviously there's always a balance and, and judgments to be made, but that's what we're always trying to strive for. And yeah, as mentioned earlier, we are always uh, at the end of the phone. So if, as Phoebe said, if there is a route through, uh, we will, certainly do our best to try and find it i think um as well adding to what john's just said that from my perspective and not being an employee of the aat um i'm constantly trying to get feedback through as well and what i'm really delighted to be able to say is that they're listening and that they're they i mean they really are listening and they really want to do the best that they can for us and of course it's all about upholding those professional standards that's really important i don't want my license like you know i don't just want it handed to me because it doesn't mean anything i'm proud of my license i'm proud of the work that i've put in behind it and, and i want to be upheld to those high standards um but I don't want it to be so difficult that people are put off. So um, it's about getting that information back to say, look, hang on, the same things coming, you know, coming up time and time again. Is there something that we can look at, um, you know, to, to, to help? 
um, and to improve the whole process. And, and what I love is that they really are listening and that makes such a difference. You know, you're not gonna, I'm not gonna bother to help them if they're not listening to me, but they are. And that's what I love. And I'm not saying that because I'm paid, because I'm not, um, I'm saying it because it's true. And, and that for me just means everything. And I think that that's so true, Libby, because um, I think all of us um, in our community as well, we don't expect anything to be perfect. We we expect that someone listens and tries their best and lets us know if that's why it can't happen or, you know, we're working towards this. And I know that we've spoken to new software companies that are like fledgling and trying. And we actually like being part of the journey. We like giving feedback. You know, it's kind of part of our nature. So. I don't think anyone's expecting anything to be perfect. And and listening to the story that you've all explained sounds like, you know, it's AAT is on its own journey and the landscape is changing and you're trying to change along with it, um, which is, is really interesting. So Libby earlier spoke about the fact that there was some funding available when she was studying. And I know I got some funding as part of that being an older apprentice. Um, I managed to get mine partly they were very excited because I was over 25 so I wish I was just over 25 now anyway but um it was yeah it was it was it really did help do we know of anything that's available at the moment if someone's thinking like just thinking about this at the beginning thinking of their studying journey how would they find out about what's available Um, well, we've got, um, we can um, signpost to some uh, information on the website. I mean, funding has reduced, um, you know, over the last 10 years or so, certainly that's the case, but um, there are there are still pockets available. So perhaps we can um, send through some, um, some, some links um, yeah. after this that we can get out to, um, because it's, yeah, it, it it can be quite complex um, to to talk all the way through, but um, yeah, we can certainly give a, give some give some information to help with that. Perfect. We can add those to the show notes. There's the apprenticeship schemes are still available, so that's always worth looking into, and that can be for someone that you already employ um, of any age, and you can still pay them what you're paying them. Um, there are some hoops to jump through, but would definitely be one uh, one way to to fund it well that's interesting just to add um if you do become a member with us there's also uh reduced fee options available for members and for our licensed members you know if uh if your income threshold is below a certain level or if you're also you know if you're a member and you're studying as well at the same time so it, do it doesn't stop you know the the funding doesn't stop once you're members so there's you know there is you know reduced fee options we obviously also have uh, the option to pay your fees uh, by direct debit you know in up to four monthly installments to kind of help so it's not coming all out as a lump sum as well so they're just kind of two things to add as well good sensible ways of approaching this really yeah love it um there's a comment from Carly who says, um, I'm AAT and ACCA qualified and chose to practice through the AAT as the support when I was setting up was fantastic. And I think, you know, from hearing Libby's story as well, she's just had amazing support with um, building her business. And I, I just wonder whether um, you can let us know a bit about once people are in practice um, with the AAT, how, how are they supported? Like, can they expect to be part of, um, do they get invited along to sessions and trainings and how do they stay in touch with you generally? Yeah, so there's um, 
Sorry, John, I don't know. Did you want to go no, ahead, Ruth? You go, you go. We obviously have, yeah, quite a number of benefits um, once people uh, become members, so such as CPD events, um, branch events. I suppose it's like anything as well. You you get out what you give in. So as, as Libby uh, has said, joining a branch was brilliant for her. And I would definitely recommend because it is in your area. So, you know, you can meet people who are on the same journey, who live near you, and it's obviously great to bounce uh, things off. We have technical helplines, so therefore there's kind of technical queries that you might come across, you know, in your day-to-day. -day. How do I, you know, how do I treat this? How do I, you know, how do I uh, do do that? Um, there's also um, a knowledge hub, so that's um, our professional standards team write a lot of articles in there, so things about anti, around anti-money laundering, um, compliance, etc. You know, client checklists, those kind of things. Um, we have uh, also, obviously, our professional standards team are there to answer if you have any kind of those ethical queries that you might want to run by them, or a client has said something to you and you're not sure, and you kind of just want, you know, a bit of support there. Um, there's obviously the AAT discussion forums, which I always say to people to use because obviously they're full of accountants and bookkeepers. And often it may be the case that someone, you know, if you're ha you have a query or an issue, someone has probably experienced it as well at some point. It's probably rare you're the only person who's ever kind of come across it. So just someone else can jump in and say, actually, I had that. Here's um, here's the answer. Um, so and our new, uh, our relaunched um, lifelong learning portal in June. 22 is um, where you can now upload all your CPD and we've got a lot of pre-populated content that you can use uh, for CPD, so videos and articles. Um, so they're just some of the things and maybe John probably might want to add on if I've forgotten anything or. No, I mean, that, that, that was great. And um, yeah, as Phoebe said, I mean, there's lots of, you know, we've got um, AML supervision and um, uh, checklists and uh, support with AML, client engagement letters, um, mentioned the, the advice lines, um, preferential rates on PII, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, as well as loads of practice management resources and e-learning and, and, and things like that. But one of the things that we always get back from uh, members that are running their own practice, and most of IAT members who run their own practice are sole practitioners as well um probably about yeah 65 percent or so um is around pricing of services and how do i grow my practice and sometimes that is just in terms of you know uh the services i offer and uh, clients and some not necessarily always i want to start employing people but that is and obviously a natural next step so practice growth and pricing of services always come back as the top two things that um, members need support with because it is daunting right and to go from each stage to the next stage to the next stage to the next stage um so um one of the things we're doing this year is we're putting on a much more broader CPD program and two of the areas we're intended to tackle in more detail are those two things. So um, we've got a new course called yeah, Pricing Your Services um, and Practice Growth. They're two separate courses. They do dovetail together, obviously, but they are two separate courses. So um, really to try and uh, hone in on that area uh, a bit more because it obviously is challenging. And I think as well, uh from what a lot of uh, members who run their own practice have said it's the confidence 
side of things it's you know if all being well you can go to a course and they say to up your fees by 100 percent because people will, by and large will still pay but do you have the confidence to do that um and so all of that you know is, is taken into account with it so we're really trying to focus on um you know ensuring that that program is is right um and i mentioned the broader cbd program so yeah you, you know keep your eyes peeled in the next three or four weeks um for an explosion of cbd from aat um and um if you happen to be at Accountex, we will be there as well and uh, we can walk you through some of uh, uh, that sort of uh, enhanced program uh, enhanced program there. Um, or if you just want to come and have a chat to us at Accountex, we will be there as well and answer any questions. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I certainly think, I mean, going back to you, uh, you know, we do offer um, quite a bit of support. Obviously, there's always stuff we can do more do better improve and you know as you were saying joe i think you know um no one's perfect we will strive to be uh but the most important thing is that we're listening to our members um uh, because they're all valuable to us so love it oh thank you that's fantastic i'm going to ask one quick question before i wrap up i've just seen kate um post a question here kate is um she's relocated back to northern ireland and she's finding most of the events are based on the mainland um, I'm, and I think there are people, I think generally, like we find there's the like certain parts of the country where things always happen and it's really difficult to move away from that. Are there regional hubs and groups? There are, there, but we just don't have any in Northern Ireland at the moment. So something we, we have. <laughs> Kate, might be Kate, Kate, set up your own branch. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, we have, um, yeah, uh, branch network across across the uk we've got about 42 active branches at the moment um we haven't had anything in northern ireland for uh 10 years or so just purely because of the membership base over there but mm -hmm. that's not to say something can't be set up if there is demand over there and there is the will to run it over there with some volunteer help and things like that so absolutely the, the conversation's open you know, yeah, we, we um, have members in Northern Ireland and uh, I, it's something we're aware of as well. You know, it's um, we've got to get away from London a lot of the time, haven't we? So um, thank you. Thank you, John. Thanks, Phoebe. Thanks, Libby. Thank you so much, everyone who's been here and asked questions as well. It's been really interesting chat and um, really nice to hear about these developments and how much you're listening. And, it, you know, maybe if in the past you've thought, oh, you know, I've worked so hard for this qualification and now I don't know what to do and um, hopefully you're feeling like you've got some of the answers and um, you know you can pick up the phone and speak to the AAT. We, we will share lots of links um, that, we, uh, that John and Phoebe are going to share with us in the show notes so if you're listening on the podcast or watching this on YouTube you'll be able to see all of those links as well. Um, thank you everyone so much and look forward to catching up with you soon and sharing more about what we're doing with the AAT. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Bookkeepers Podcast. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Don't forget to join us every week for the Bookkeepers Podcast. For topical bookkeeping chat, why not join our free Facebook community, Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com.